Well, hey there, team. This is podcast number 533 for Coach Jeff. It's the 18th of May 2016, and this is episode four of the Muay Thai Podcast. Hey there team and welcome along to this episode of the Coach Jeff Podcast, podcasting since 2007 and heard by more than 1 million people in over 160 countries. I am your host Coach Jeff and today on the podcast I chat with the Muay Thai athlete himself, the Reaper, Paul Banashik and uh, of course Paul is one half of uh, one of my favourite podcasts, the Muay Thai Guys Podcast and that's uh, of course can be found on iTunes with Paul Banashik and uh, Sean Fagan. And, man, I just love what those guys do with the Muay Thai Guys podcast. You've seen me uh, putting links for that up there, so go and check that show out, uh, subscribe to it, and uh, enjoy it. And, of course, Paul is also the fighter behind the Muay Thai Athlete.com. He's a uh, 2015 world champion twice, uh, North American uh, national champion. He's a 175-pound TKC champion, 205-pound AKBF champion, Man, he's fought all over the world. He's a certified personal trainer and a Muay Thai coach, and uh, you're going to absolutely love uh, listening to me chat with uh, Paul Banashik today. Don't forget to check out all things Coach Jeff at coachjeff.com.au. Hop on over to so uh, to <laughs> hop on over to iTunes. Sometimes I can't even read my own words. Hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to not only the Coach Jeff podcast, but more importantly, the Coach Jeff Archives podcast and the Fighters podcast. If you subscribe to the Coach Jeff Archives podcast, that's where you'll find all the old shows prior to show number 225. And there you go, guys. That is living proof that we uh, we do this uh, live every time. It's not, uh, pre- it's not a pre-recorded blurb because, man, I've done that for 533 shows. Still cannot get it right, but uh, I love it. Stop chafing right there in his tracks for simply the only anti-chafing powder on the market. Get yourself some squeaky cheeks in your socks and your jocks while you're getting your training done. Simply nothing better to keep you chafe-free and, uh, well, smelling pretty fresh. Check it all out at squeakycheeksdownunder.com. Well, that's enough of the uh, coach butchering words in here. Let's uh, sit back and uh, relax and enjoy a great chat with the Muay Thai athlete himself, the Reaper, Paul Banashi. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to the podcast and uh, an absolute treat for me tonight. Uh, well, tonight for his time, uh, early morning for my time, uh, Mr. Paul, I should say Dr. Paul Banashik. Welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Doing good, baby. Doctor, where did that come from? That's what I want to know. I've, I've had a number of nicknames and surnames, but that one is uh, a new one. Yeah, I'm having a bit of fun because, uh, you know, we, uh, we know you so well as uh, the Muay Thai athlete and, uh, and one half of the Muay Thai Guys podcast. But uh, we often hear you talk about how uh, early on you were training to be a medical professional um, before you, uh, you hung up the, uh, the white dust coat and, and took to Muay Thai. So that's why I was just having a bit of fun there, man. It's... Uh, you know, I often see that, and I think you know, if, if things had stayed the way they were, you may have been a medical professional and probably not enjoying it that much, eh? I just had a talk about this with one of my old trainers today, and it's it's crazy to think about if you don't meet certain people in your lives that just change the whole trajectory of it, that where you would be right now. And I was just thinking about that. I wonder if I would be a little bit fat right now, just eating my Cheetos and uh, <laughs> being in a lab coat. Well, I was. Uh, actually going to become an anesthetist so that was the main goal so it's kind of like the be anesthesiologist without the doctor title 
Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as I was saying to you before we hit the record button, I'm such a huge fan of what uh, both yourself and uh, and Sean Fagan, who we've had on the show uh, previously, do with the Muay Thai Guys podcast. And, uh, and I've heard you talk about that, you know, quite a few times. And I think, you know, yeah, it's... Uh, you would a great career. Don't get me wrong. Being an anaesthetist, uh, it's hard enough to say the word, man. It's a, a great career, and uh, you know, probably make a lot of money. But you're so right. You know, you think uh, you probably would have got 20 years down the track, and and maybe regretted it. And and I look at the passion that you show with uh, with your Muay Thai, whether it's uh, fighting or doing the podcast or doing your videos. Um, you know, and I just think it, it, it when you see people. Uh, in their true light and their true character, the passion really shows. And I know, man, you are just meant to be doing what you're doing right now. Thank you. That means I receive that. I take that in and I really appreciate that because I'm able to put in 12-hour days and the passion is there the whole time and within the 12 hours. Obviously, we get burnt out at some point, but, I mean, I can do it day-to-day and not feel terrible and not feel too burnt out and keep it going that many hours when I was maybe doing clinicals, you know, a couple hours here and then studying and doing different things. I already saw where my life was going to go and I didn't like the direction that I was going in. Everything was going in the right direction. I was always, uh, it's, it's funny because I was always an A plus student. I, I had everything going in the right direction and I could have had it. It was all in my grasp, but for some reason I, I didn't want to grab it. And then this is something that seems so, so far away, and I feel like I'm not even, you know, at the bottom of the mountain yet, like, I'm just, like, packing up my backpack to get up there, and it's so far away, but that's the direction I'm heading in, even though it's not in my grasp, it's not even close to seeing the top of the mountain, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the entire journey. Yeah, absolutely, and man, already, uh, you know, when you look at what you've achieved with your Muay Thai, you know, uh, two times world champion, uh, both Muay Thai and full rules, uh, a national championship, a whole range of other things, mate. Uh, already, have you, you know, you've accumulated uh, what a lot of people would say is massive success, and people would probably then sit back on their heels and uh, and just cruise. But man, what you just said about being at the bottom of the mountain is so true. I listen to the way you talk and the things that you've got planned for your future. Um, you know, you've got so much more to achieve yet. Yeah, 100%. Um, You know, there's a lot of things on the horizon, and it's like the more you see, the more your mind really opens up. Like, I I used to have so many limits. I used to just look at things like, oh, maybe I can compete with this guy one day, or maybe I can achieve my first title and things like that. But once you kind of see what's possible and that you're not just, you know, like the average person, and once you just prove an X amount of people wrong, you just like nothing sets a limit anymore. You you look at it as something, you know, I've been here before where I've been challenged, I've been doubted and I was able to accomplish whatever I wanted to accomplish. So you just kind of ride on that roller coaster and then, you know, you just take the momentum as it comes. Yeah, absolutely. And what you just said was so true, man. I, uh, and guys, uh, number one thing, MuayToyAthlete.com, go and check it out, man. The, the website is fantastic. What you do over there is fantastic. But, man, I watched a video of yours. Uh, you were sitting uh, by the water, looked like on a bridge or something, and you were talking about evolving in the moment. And it touches on what you said just then is that uh, there's so much you can 
you can achieve. It just and and I think the thing that really sticks out about what you're always on about is having that limitless uh, mindset. I think you even brushed on that uh, in the recent uh, Muay Thai Guys podcast where you talked about having a, a limitless mindset, and that's something you really uh, preach all the time, man. And I love it. That video of you sitting by the water, it just I think you just finished a run or wrapped up a run. And you were just sort of speaking from uh, from the heart a little bit, man. Very powerful video, man. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I go on. That was, um, I believe that was actually around the time I was going to Spain for the world championships. And I was sleeping at the gym a few nights a week. And I was trying to get up early every morning to get a run in and just to kind of get the brain stimulated. Uh, I'm, I never was a morning person. So... Me teaching and coaching an 8 a.m. class, I have to get up at 6 a.m. So to get a run in, I had to get up even earlier at like 5.30. And I would start running before the sun comes up. And then by the time I reached, uh, there's like a little bridge here in Hartford, the capital of my state in the states here. There's a nice bridge that you can get to. And by the time I reached that, I usually would have a lot of thoughts, a lot of things that just stimulated my brain, things that I was thinking about and things that I want to put out. So... I just, you know, I just grab the camera and I start recording. And I just let the thoughts flow. And yeah, that's what comes out. I, I love, I started to love running as meditation. I, I never liked running before, but now I kind of use it as a meditative uh, system. Yeah. So much, uh, I, I get so much done when I'm out running, man. I, uh, you know, it's just something. And I think back to, you know, uh, a few years back, I was doing a lot of ultra running. Uh, a lot of ultra trail running these sort of uh you know 30 50 you know 80 mile runs uh and when you're training for those i would disappear on a saturday night i would head out at, at maybe a, uh, 8 p.m at night when most people are getting ready to go to the clubs i would head out for a run i would run from sort of 8 p.m to, to midnight uh come home uh fuel up have uh, sort of five hours sleep get up and do another couple of hours the next morning and i tell you what some of the stuff that used to go through my mind on those late Saturday uh, evening runs was just, uh, you get so, uh, very, and I think when you use the term, and I, I know Sean says the same, very meditative uh, when you're out there running like that is so true, man. So true. The amount of stuff that you can sort out in your head on a, on a big run like that is great. Talk about limitless. You got it, man. Just, I mean, a four hour run and just doing that, that late at night, obviously it takes that mindset. I mean, people even ask me, they're like, how far do you run? I don't, I don't know. I just, I yeah, just exactly run. I started to track it and recently I started tracking it. But before, sometimes I'd go for two hours. Sometimes I go for three. Sometimes I would actually set like, you know, a 5K or whatever it was. But, and people ask me, how far do you think you can run? Man, I don't, I don't know forever until they tell me to stop or be, until I feel like stopping. You know, once, once you get that momentum, you get that runner's high and you keep going. It, it does definitely help that I have some like Olympic blood in my <laughs> uh, running through my veins when it comes to running. So uh, I'm just trying to keep it going there. Cool. So what's the Olympic connection there? Uh, my grandfather, uh, Shortikowski, was a Polish runner. I was born in Poland, and he has a record at Madison Square Garden that was maybe recently beat a couple of years ago. And he has, uh, I believe, three Olympic medals, uh, gold and two bronze. Oh, so cool, man. So cool. That is a, that's a great connection. 
See, you, yeah, you're born my, to my run, family. Born yeah, run. it's a aerobic family. My my mother was a uh, swimmer and a gymnast and a physical educator, and so like I've always been the skinny kid in a way. So I always try to go away from the running and all the aerobic activity because I felt like my weakness was strength and explosiveness, and uh, that's pretty much what my Muay Thai career has been about is just kind of proving that wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the way you fight, man. I love the way you fight, and uh, uh, your last fight uh, didn't go so well, but, man, I thought it was uh, – and, again, you guys talked about this on the Muay Thai Guys podcast. Judging is one of those things, you know, you experienced it, I experienced it. Yeah, it, it didn't know. go well depending on uh, what way you look at it. I I mean, I'm not embarrassed to post the video if, if I'm on the other side of that and I tell my people, you know, hey, I won the fight, watch this, and – they're watching the video, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not very sure about posting it. So I'm pretty proud to pose the fight regardless. Yeah, I thought it was a good, I, I reckon uh, from what I saw of it, you know, it's, how can you call these things? It's so hard, you know, I, I you know, I know we, uh, we give the judges a bit of a rough time from, uh, from time to time, but man, it's the last job I would want, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you, you can say that it doesn't, mess with you when it's a home crowd and the yelling and things like that but it 100 percent does i mean i've watched myself watch ufc before and i'm listening to the things joe rogan is saying and i'm going along with it and by the third round he might be saying oh he this guy needs a knockout right here you know he, he just isn't explosive enough blah, 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 blah he's not being busy enough and then i'm kind of thinking about it i'm like hold on this is, I, I don't believe that it's like i only believe that because the commentator is saying it yeah, yeah, very, uh, and I think that's, uh, I, I've sort of lost my way a little bit with UFC over uh, the last couple of years because it's become, uh, it's just my opinion, but it's become too much of a talk fest, there's too much commentary on it, um, and uh, a lot. I think you're right, a lot of the commentary is influencing our perception of the fight rather than just watching two guys, you know, try and kill each other. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty basic, you know, the whole fight game is pretty basic, you know, it's, uh it's a container with two people in it, and uh, they're both trying to get the better of the other guy. And I think, yeah, we've just got too much commentary on a lot of our fighting, you know, the last few years. Yeah, I guess I trusted them a little too much. They've been with me for the, you know, I'm 11 fights straight that I've won, and I, I've done it on technique. So I guess I got a little comfortable just uh, picking guys apart versus just like going for the kill, regardless of thinking that I won. And just like I said on that podcast, I pretty much. Went into the fifth round knowing I won on points, so I just kind of relaxed and I, I could have finished him. There was there was four to five times that I rocked him, and he he told me himself uh, at the end, he's like, "Oh, I've never been rocked that many times before," uh, and I just never went for the kill because I just thought, "Why?" You know, he has he was dangerous. Has literally like killed people in the ring. There, there's I've watched him uh, knock someone out in like 25 seconds, and the kid was shaking and like. It looked like he was like foaming at the mouth. It was pretty scary. So I didn't, you know, I was picking him apart. Why take the chance to get knocked out? Um, you know, I'm a pretty cerebral fighter in a way. So now it's just about getting that edge back, especially with the Nationals coming out. Yeah, I think you got that. I think you even said that in the show, man, that it came back immediately anyway. And I think that's uh, that's the nature of the way that you fight. You're very, uh, very technical, very, as uh, as you say, cerebral about it. But I think... That, uh, that killer instinct. See, again, it's not something I've experienced with uh, the amount of fights I've had. I've never had to worry about being ahead on points going into the last round. 
Um, it, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I, can, I can't ever think of a fight I've had that I've been ahead on points, man. I'm always coming from behind, so it's, uh, it's like... <laughs> That's very interesting, yeah. And, and it's funny because usually, usually I'm losing the first round. I usually lose the first round. I let guys feel me, and usually, as I said, my aerobic base is really good, so my conditioning is really good, and usually I take it to him in the two and, and two and three. This was a five-round fight, and he was more of a knockout artist, so I just let the volume speak for itself. So it's always a change of pace and a learning experience. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, man, let's uh, let's go back a little bit, and uh, we'll give you one of the standard questions. How did it all start? Where where did you sort of find your way, uh, you know, into the fight game? So, I one of my best friends was into martial arts. He did more like uh, kyokushin and uh, ninjutsu and things like that. Um, you know, similar to Brazilian jiu-jitsu with the Japanese style, and I used to. I don't know. I, I was always a fan of characters like uh, like Achilles, like, um, you know, the movies like 300 and things like that. And I always w- looked at these guys as gladiators as something, you know, above all else, even though they weren't the ones that made the most money, uh, you know, like their owners, like the slave owners, the, the, the ones that were like the head of the ludus, uh, you might say they were they were the ones that got all the glory and for some reason that has always appealed to me um i i tried a lot of other things i played football couldn't stick with the team aspect because it always depended on other people so there was limitation to that like to how far you can go because of someone else then i was doing a lot of extreme sports which are very uh solo you know like skateboarding snowboarding i used to ride street bikes as well and a lot of extreme sports, so I guess my my I, I just love adrenaline. I love the um, just that feeling, that high of doing something, especially yourself. But um, I was very average at whatever I did there. And once I kind of came across martial arts and Muay Thai, it just man. I don't know. It, it kind of blew up because at the same time, like I said before, I was going in a direction, just doing things, like just being good at things like school and going to uh, thinking about going to medical school. I was on a clinical program. It was my third year. So I had one year left before I had my uh, RN registered nurse uh, diploma and my license. So I had about a year left. I was the youngest person on the program. Um, out of like 200 people. I got in on my first year. I had pretty much a 4.0 GPA and everything was going in the right direction. And for some reason, I just, it didn't fulfill me. I I was on this journey where I was finding out about nutrition. I was finding about taking care of your body and fitness. And what I was doing there clinically was not the right things is like we were learning about drugs and that that's we were just preaching drugs 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 we during the three years of schooling that i had i might have spent two hours on nutrition out of the three years and most of the things that i learned were researched by myself and if i can put in hours and hours of research myself and be passionate about it what am i doing here just kind of going with the status quo and just listening to someone else, even though I don't agree with what they're saying. And once 
I started training uh, with my friend kind of in a backyard. We were doing kind of like street fighting in a way. <laughs> we're bringing, uh, I was, it was like my last year in high school. We were going into college and we were just in my friend's backyard setting up like little fights. I had no clue what I was doing, but I liked it. <laughs> I liked the feeling of doing it for some reason. And it was like normal to me. I don't know why, but it wasn't like I hate you. It wasn't anything aggressive. Yeah. Um, it was just, I, you know, we did it for fun. We threw on boxing gloves and we went at it. And then I was like, you know what? I want to, you know, just train and see what it is. Like UFC was coming out. I was like, oh, this is cool. Maybe I'll do MMA and just train it. And I ended up finding this place. And it was taught by a student under Mark Delagrati here from Sityotong, which mm-hmm. uh, some people may know as like a huge branch out of Thailand. And he pretty much taught out of a garage where there was like 10 guys in a space, maybe like, I don't know, eight feet wide by 15 feet long, (laughs) like to fit one car pretty much. And there was about 10 guys in there. Uh, I ended up going there. It was in a pretty rough like neighborhood and city, uh, Meriden, Connecticut here. And you know, I had my first few lessons. My first day, I got my face kicked in. Uh, they threw me in a shark tank my first day ever. Oh, and I thought that's and I thought that's what it was. So I continued with that. <laughs> uh, for two months, I, they shark tanked me pretty much. And it was a lot of guys that were that had a lot of drug problems or they uh, they were violent in their past. And everyone was getting together for a mutual thing to kind of learn from each other and get away from that. And just find ways to to cope with those problems uh, in a positive way, which is Muay Thai and martial arts and just having that discipline. And it's funny, me, like I come from a good background, but it's like I seek uh, trouble and, and, and obstacles and for people to doubt me to do something uh, really good. Like like if I live in a hot, nice house, like I want to go to Thailand and just live in a shack just so I have that like struggle that it's always appealed to me, like watching the movie and just seeing the guy that's kind of like living in the gym like you know i have a nice house and a good uh good bed here but i sleep at the gym some nights a week so i ended up um having my first fight after two months or so of getting shark tank and my ass whooped against a kid that had a good amount of experience in new york uh my first fight was in a civic center so i thought everything was supposed to go like that you train for two months you just kill each other and then you go in a fight and i ended up winning that fight it was a huge high and ever since then i just kind of became obsessed it was like what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing and if you ask any of my ex-girlfriends it's it's always been one of my things is i I can never stop i'm very hyperactive like the second one thing finishes i'm on to the next and uh, so once I won, I was like, okay, how do I get a knockout? Okay, I got a knockout. Okay, let's get another one. Once I got another one, okay, how can I get a title? Once I got my first title, okay, what other title can I get? And it's like, okay, this is a bigger promotion. How do I get that one? How do I get this one? So then it's like the nationals. Okay, so how do I win the worlds and go to the worlds? How do I get to Thailand and win a Thai title? Uh, and it just it just keeps building and building and building and it just you know, it becomes this obsession. So that's pretty much how it's becoming. My, before I finish this up, I know it's kind of run on a tangent, but uh, there, there was one spot in my career that kind of is a highlight 
uh, and that's my fight at Madison Square Garden because my first ever full rules fight was at um, World Resorts Casino here in New York City. It was my first ever fight with no gear, and it was with elbows, and I was, you know, it was my first real Muay Thai fight. And I saw this guy warming up backstage, uh, Jason Benoyen. Uh, yeah. He was a professional Dutch kickboxer in Netherlands. He came here, and I guess he started fighting. You know, even though it's like semi-pro, uh, he, I guess, they let him do it because you know he came from Europe, so you can't really like run history on him uh he was undefeated he had two titles and i saw him just hitting pads in the back one day that same day i had my first fight uh for full rules and he just looked so crisp it looked so beautiful that dutch style that intensity aggressiveness and he just you know this bald guy that was just ripping pads and i was like whoa like and i told my coach i looked at my coach and said you know i want to i want to fight like that one day i want to look like that one day and uh, a year later, exactly a year later, I got a call. I, um, do you want to fight at Madison Square Garden? What? The biggest arena here in the States? Of course. Who is it against? It's against Jason Vinoyen and that guy that you're watching in the locker room. And uh, I ended up uh, dropping him in the second round with a head kick. And um, I ended up really taking it to him for the rest of the entire fight. Uh, unfortunately, it was a majority split draw um i ended up i I won the fight um you know he i dropped him in the second got him a count i dropped him again i hurt him and then in the third round i landed a a lot of heavy shots um and um yeah so i've definitely given him his hardest fight yeah and it was just kind of like an eye-opener like shit i think i can do this see that's i just love listening to that man i can uh you know it's uh you know, it's funny because people, you know, I'm coming up on 60, uh, 59 this year, 60 next year, and, and and back in the ring, you know, fighting Masters titles, and, and people just shake their head. But I, How old do you feel, though? Oh, man, I feel like I'm 20. I, I listened wow. to you saying about how uh, you're hyperactive. I'm the same. You know, every year it's like, okay, what's this year going to be about? And I finish one thing, and, it's, and I've already got in my head what my next adventure is going to be. And it's like, you know, I, I do, some days I feel like I'm 20, 30, 40, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel my age at all. And, and people look at what, uh, A, people look at what we do in the first place. People cannot understand why we would get into um, a, a container with uh, another person and proceed to beat the living daylights out of each other. And I, and I love what you said where there's like, there's no malice, there's no, you know, there's, there's ultimate respect for the person that's across the ring from you. Um, but you still want to beat him, <laughs> no, no two ways about it. Uh, people can't understand that uh, to start with, whether you're, you're 20, whether you're 40, whether you're, you know, uh, whether you're 60. But as you get to this age, they really do just shake their head. They just cannot understand that. And, man, I've got things in my head that I'll be chasing down for the next 20 years. Um, so I love to listen to people like yourself talk the way that you just uh, talked, you know, and, and the, the passion that comes out about chasing things down and... Uh, I love it, man. Absolutely love it. You know, and I love to hear people's stories about how they got involved, and and I see so much of uh, of that. You know, I uh, I had some guys come to me uh, to do some pad work. Uh, I was looking for people to uh, to hold pads for me, so I, I put a, a bit of an ad in the local uh, paper advertising. Look, you know, you want to come and hold some pads for me? I'll hold some pads for you. And uh, these guys turned up, and what they'd been doing, they'd been down the local park. They just bought themselves some gloves. And uh, we're going to the local park and <laughs> just beating the living daylights out of each other, and they, that that was to them was boxing training, 
And uh, so they ended up doing pads with me for quite a while and we used to do uh, two or three mornings a week so they were no longer in the park, just belting the living. So when you were saying about how you guys were just in the backyard, you know, fighting, it's just I, I, I've seen it many, many times where guys just uh, get into people's backyards or down the local park and away they go, man. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, sounds like a familiar story for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, man, what I think of it too, uh, the Reaper? Because uh, that's what you're known as, the Reaper. Where did that come from? Uh, so when I first started learning, it was that initial instructor that I told you about that was kind of in the garage at first. Um, he used to teach how to knee, you know, in the clinch or outside the clinch. And he would say, you know, you don't knee up. You Like when, when you're trying to go through them, you, you knee through their soul. <laughs> and he's like, you knee them and you take their soul. And that's how he taught it to me from the get-go. That was like my initial lesson with clinch and kneeing. So uh, out of my first six fights, I, I ended the first uh, five out of the six with knee knockouts. And one of my first championship fight was a lasted probably 47 seconds or something like that it was against a guy that had 30 pounds on me uh it's a 205 pound title i've never weighed 205 pounds before and and he was 225 (laughs) on the scale uh yeah and uh i ended up catching a knee to his rib very early on and i snapped it and then i ended up uh and he just looked like he gave up so that's kind of where it initially came from and you know, once someone calls you something, you kind of want to, you kind of live up to it. You know, someone tells you you're this. It's like, if your mind was erased and you woke up and somebody told you you're a Navy SEAL, you're going to start training like a Navy SEAL and having the mind of one. So once, you know, they told me that is like, I've, I've become really, really obsessive with the way I fight in a way like, I I watch their soul leave them. That's where it kind of comes from is I, I see it in every fight. And every fight that I've ever had is like there's like a little moment where they look a little broken, whether it's from when I hit them or from their conditioning where they get hurt or they get tired. The second you see that deep, deep breath and they kind of just take a step back and you're like, okay, that's where it is. I got them. They broke. And- oh, man, I... I I love that, I, and I know I know what you're saying because I had three sparring sessions this week. It was a big week for me, and uh, the guys that uh, the the guy that trains me uh, is a, an absolute beast, big guy. Um, and so at the moment, I'm sparring a lot of uh, of his guys, and they're all big guys. So like I weigh in uh, generally, I'm hovering my walk around weights around about 68 kilos. So that's about 120 pound, I suppose, somewhere around there, 130 pounds, something like that. And these guys are all a good, you know, sort of maybe 20 to 30 kilos heavier than me. They're, and, 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 and a lot of them are a good six to 12 inches taller than me. So it's great for me as a, as an old masters boxer to be fighting these young, really heavy guys. The only downside of that is when Dangerous, they, yeah. yeah, when they hit you, uh, and and when we spar, like uh, uh, our last sparring session this week was pretty much uh, it was four rounds. The first two rounds were sort of seventy eighty percent. Last two rounds were full gas, and uh, and when these big guys hit you, it, you stay hit, especially as a, a bony old man like me. It's like, and I, I had that in uh, the third round of sparring on Saturday. Uh, this big guy sort of stepped outside me. He, he got an angle on me that I, he just caught me totally un you know i was a bit slow and 
he stepped across to the side and he ripped me into the ribs with this left sort of uh, hook. And I, I, man, I felt my soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It stopped me dead. And you know, when you, you know when you get hit hard up under the ribs and you feel, you feel all that air inside you come out and then all of a sudden a split second later the pain hits? It was yeah. that's oh. and I know what you mean because I was I was and and because he did the right thing because it's sparring and we're trying to help each other he did the right thing he stepped back because he realised that he tagged me pretty good and uh, a real fight he would have finished me there and then on the spot but yeah, that's uh, where that's where it's go time definitely yeah. that's why I love uh, hitting him in the solar plexus oh you know but he got, he stepped back and gave me uh, uh, quite a few seconds to regroup because it was like. I guarantee he saw that look on my face that my soul had <laughs> had left your body. Yeah. And because it, it's quite funny, uh, even with my coach, you know, he's looked after me for a long time. And even now, still to this day, he, he just loves me and cares for me so much, you know, and he gets this look on his face like, you okay, old man? And, you know, I've sort of got to give him, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, just, you know, and so... I understand what you mean, man, because I'm still feeling that. I just touched down there. While I'm talking to you, I've just touched down there, and I can still feel it today, uh, a couple of days later, and, uh, man, it is still pretty tender. So uh, I I love that expression, you can watch the soul leave their body. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, it sounds like you're trying to make it, you know, sound, you know, like movie-like or whatever, but it there is a certain look, and if you've ever been in the ring or – you've ever done any kind of hard sparring, uh, you've probably experienced it from both sides, from, from your soul leaving your body and then you've, you've seen it happen in others. Like there's just times where like I hurt someone but I stand and look around and wait for it, you know, for them to get back up or whatever. And there's times where I hit them a certain way and they give me a certain look and I just walk away knowing that it's over. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> So, man, you got uh, Nationals coming up again uh, this weekend, I think you said? Yeah, it's going to be the 19th through the 22nd. It's the WKA Nationals here in the States, so it's the national tryouts. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to that? Oh, 100%. You know, I took it last year. This year, I want to take two divisions since I went to the Worlds and ended up taking two divisions even though I signed up for one I just kind of took the chance last year in Spain to take the second one and uh, it paid off 100% so I'm looking to do the same in the nationals this year it's in New York so it's going to be a really stiff competition which makes it that much more exciting yeah I, I, I think back to uh, to going to uh, to you going to the worlds in Spain man that was just a huge step for you and and a huge success yeah, it was really big. Um, I took a shy, took a chance, when, and that just kind of shows. Like when you have nothing to lose, that's usually when you have the most to gain, and that's when you should definitely take advantage of those opportunities. And that's definitely what we try to do there. As uh, U.S. isn't always uh, represented in Muay Thai at its highest, I think we definitely did our job there. I've got to say too, I think uh, it's something you and Sean uh, talk about at length. Uh, on the Muay Thai Guys podcast is that the sport is growing. Uh, I think the sport is an old sport. It's been around a long time. Um, but I think if we look at what's happening uh, here down under uh, in the States, uh, the sport is definitely on and up. Uh, now, whether uh, someone said to me the other day, oh, we got UFC to thank for that. And I don't necessarily agree with that because I think there's plenty of people doing some good things 
um, you know, to to spread the word. You and Sean, would you would you show on what you guys do individually? Are great examples of that, but the sport is definitely on and up. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's always been like that kind of in Europe with kickboxing and things like that. Uh, I don't know how much Muay Thai mixed with it, but here in the States, I guess you can make a case for both because I'm not sure. Like, I, I got into it from a guy that wasn't really into mixed martial arts, but I found Muay Thai by way of MMA. Like, I was looking to do MMA. People just told me I got to do Muay Thai to get my stand-up right, and Jiu-Jitsu just never really appealed to me. That's why I kept doing Muay Thai and taking the Muay Thai fights. So I kind of found one by way of the other, and, you know, it's just kind of a snowball effect. So I think one definitely does affect the other uh especially in the states but um i think it's always been respected and it's always been a big thing in europe and in asia yeah mate we've got to wrap it up shortly but uh just quickly uh you're getting to uh, head up one of sean's training camps in thailand as well uh again that's exciting and i tell you just uh between you and me no one is going no one's going to hear this but i'm i'm secretly trying to come up with a way to come to one of these uh, training camps next year now, even though I'm a boxer and I've still got I've got boxing stuff to do next year, man, I'm so keen to sneak one of these training camps in. I'm telling you. Yeah, man, that would be amazing. I'd be really looking forward to that. Yeah, I got uh, I got no I got zero. Uh, uh, what kickboxing experience I've had is very very small and been very miserable. But, uh, man, I just uh, listening to you guys talk about these training camps and, uh, and now you're getting the, the, the chance to head one up, uh, it sounds like uh, good times, man. Yeah, especially, I mean, someone like yourself, you have experience in the martial arts and, and uh, in boxing. It's, I mean, we have guys that in Thailand that have never done anything and they just kind of fall in love with it and the lifestyle there where they haven't done anything before. So especially with you, like you, I'm sure you have like the fundamentals and obviously like you're in shape that I think it'll really uh, just like expand on everything. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, uh, made it, uh, I could sit here for hours and chat with you. I just love what you do. I love uh, the passion that you show for the sport. Um, mate, where can people find you? Where's, uh, where's the best place to, uh, to find you? Everything is just at Muay Thai Athlete, whether it's Instagram at Muay Thai Athlete, Twitter at Muay Thai Athlete. I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm really good on Twitter. I'm really consistent on there. Uh, I'm sorry, on Instagram, Twitter, I'm still trying to figure out. But uh, Instagram, then I actually added on uh, Snapchat at Muay Thai Athlete, Facebook.com slash Muay Thai Athlete, Muay Thai Athlete.com and Muay Thai Athlete.com slash YouTube for the YouTube channel. Uh, they use your r- regular names, but you can always go on YouTube and search Muay Thai Athlete. And then on the iTunes podcast, you have the Muay Thai Guys podcast that Sean and I, the Muay Thai Guy, do together, which is always a lot of fun. I think we're getting on this Wednesday once again just to kind of talk about the Nationals coming up. So, Man, I love the, it. Those you're are ev- the places. You're everywhere, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to be, man. Like everyone is skilled, everyone, you know, has a certain thing going on, but uh you got to do certain things to stand out and I felt like I I have always had something in me that I needed to show people and now I have an outlet, so I'm just trying to go and run with it in every way possible. You know, it's funny, you know. I think th- that was something I thought about the other week too, you know, guys like yourself, Sean, myself, um 
you know, we, we're basic guys, you know, with a love for uh, the fight game. But we've also had to learn how to be very, uh, I guess, techie. Uh, you know, building our own websites, doing all our own social media stuff. It's like it's uh, the two are so uh, so opposed, and yet, you know, we've been able to put them together to to spread the word. Oh, definitely, still figuring it all out. <laughs> so, uh, if anyone wants uh, to help out Moita Athlete with a rep- website redesign, definitely uh, shout me out, email me, moitaathlete at gmail dot com or Paul at moitaathlete. And if anyone no, no. ever wants to teach me how to use Twitter, I've had so many goes at it, man. I've given <laughs> I can't I can't I can't work it out. I really can't. There's a little bird thing, you tweet, you do something, that's all I know. Yeah, I, I mean it's just like a short way of putting everything out there. And like I do I do it as much as I can. Uh it's just like gaining traction on it, I guess, is just another thing. Oh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. Uh, I would love to have you back on the show. Anytime you want uh, some time, mate, just uh, give us a shout-out because I would love to. There's so many more things I would love to chat to you about, but uh, I know time's getting away. Uh, it's uh, getting late in the night for you. And, man, you got a lot. you got you got a lot of stuff on your schedule. I know that. Yeah, thank you so much. Definitely can chat for hours. Just just love it. I mean, you have that similar mindset. I got that limitless mindset. So it's definitely good talking to you anytime. I would love to come on, brother. Yeah, limitless, man. It's the only way to go. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, Paul, the Reaper Banashik, uh, the Muay Thai Athlete.com. Man, thank you ever so much. Just uh, an absolute pleasure. Now, don't go away, guys. A little bit of music or something. We'll be back on the other side to tidy it all up. Don't go away. Alrighty guys, that'll just about wrap us up for this episode of the Fighters Podcast. A huge big thank you to Paul for uh, joining us on the show today. And guys, please, please, please hop on over and check out the MuayThaiAthlete.com and uh, make sure you get over to iTunes and uh, look for and subscribe to the Muay Thai Guys Podcast and uh, enjoy Sean and Paul in action, man. I just simply love that show. I love what they do. I love their passion for it. And uh, just so great to catch up with Paul on uh, the Fighters Podcast today. Well, time for the coach to get out of here now. Uh, Well, remember what the coach always says, train to race and race to win. But man, you have a heap of fun along the way. Until we see you on the very next episode of the Fighters Podcast or the Coach Jeff Podcast, or maybe see you out there in the gym or the ring somewhere, remember hands up, defend yourself at all times, and bye-bye for now.